How great is your love, Jesus, and we just celebrate that right now. We acknowledge that and we worship you today, God, with that fact that you have a great love for us. And God, as we've been singing to you on this first Sunday of the new year, God, thank you for that thought. Lord, may it carry us, Lord, throughout this new year, 2022, knowing how great is your love for us. And Lord, I pray that you bless your word now and continue to give us, Lord, that thought, that promise, Lord, that principle that we may live in it, that we may hold to it, God, that it may be a foundation for us today and the rest of this year. So I ask, God, that you bless your word right now. I pray for your anointing by your spirit, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Happy New Year to you guys. Good morning and aloha. Aloha to you guys online to connect it. And uh, here we are today on the first Sunday of the new year, January 2nd. Seems like I came fast, but we're here. We're going to go. We're going to keep going. Uh, just a reminder for you guys, uh, after the message, we are going to be partaking in communion together and uh, so have your hearts ready for that. And I, I, don't, I, I think that's a great way to start the new year by remembering what Christ did on the cross and dying for us. So we're going to honor him too as we head into this new year right now. Well, today we're going to continue a, a break that we have from the book of Revelation. We've been studying that and uh, next week we'll pick it up again. Uh, last week we had a special New Year's message. Well, we have a second message for New Year's, and I just really felt led to do that. And so if you can grab your Bibles this morning and turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And actually the title of our message is Nothing Can Ever Separate. Nothing can ever separate. And we're going to be looking at just a rich passage here at the end of this passage for our second, actually, New Year's message. Well, I hope that you all had a blessed New Year's holiday, spending time with family, maybe uh, practicing doing your family traditions that you, you usually do on New Year's. Well, you know what? I came across some interesting uh, New Year traditions from around the world. And uh, they're really steeped in superstition, and they really try and ensure like a good future, like a good uh, new, t new year of 2022. Did you know that in Thailand, the tradition is to throw water on your friends to wash away any bad luck that may come in the new year? How you like that? You walk in, you come to the house for your friends, and all of a sudden, psh, you get splashed. Yeah, that would be kind of crazy. I was trying to imagine that. I think it would be kind of fun to do it to your friends. Uh, in Johannesburg, South Africa, the tradition is to toss, toss furniture out of your window and basically to send a message to the universe that you let go of that past, the negative past, and you're hoping for a good furniture. So watch out when you walk down the street. All of a sudden, there's a chair. Whoa, watch out. You know, that kind of thing. I think in Naples, was it? They have a similar thing where you take, like, household items, you know, like um, uh, uh, toasters, old toasters and things. I thought, oh, can you imagine on the street, all these things flying. But, hey, that's what their tradition is. In Spain, the superstition is to eat 12 grapes on 
each chime at midnight, you know, of the new year, to have good luck for each month of the new year. Thought that was interesting. In Estonia, I like this, talk about eating. They eat seven or nine or even 12 meals on New Year's Day, believing that it will bring in good things for the year to come. Now, I ate a lot this past Christmas and New Year's, and I was, it was funny, I was holding baby Manu the, uh, uh, yesterday, and I was like, oh, I can just sit him on my little belly that's sticking out here. But I like to eat. I thought, oh, Estonia is the place to go and eat. Well, one more uh, thing I found in tradition that I found, and that was in Greece. And in Greece, you hang bundles of onions to invite prosperity into your home. And, and then, get this, the parents wake their children up on New Year's Day on the, in the morning by bonking them on the head with the same onions you had hung before. It's like, wake up, kids, bam, bam. You know? <laughs> I think that's a little crazy. Interesting, though, yeah? New Year traditions, I'm sure you guys have your own, and we, and we do it as traditions and to celebrate the new year. But as believers in Jesus Christ now, we know our faith is not in superstition, right? Our faith isn't some, in some tradition that we do to have a good new year, but our faith is in the promises of God's word. Amen? See, no matter what may come this new year, 2022, God guarantees that he will never leave you nor forsake you. you know, remember, that's what we saw last week, right? When we studied Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 through 6. And, and I called it faith in times of transition. We talked about how, how many of us are in tra uh, this transition time. And what's the new year going to be? But we ended up in that last verse. And if you missed it, you could catch it on our podcast on Spotify or, I, or Apple Podcasts or even go to our YouTube channel. And, and if you want, you could fast forward to worship. Don't tell Zach that. Oh, sorry. No, but... Um, and, and catch the message because this is really two parts. So last week we saw that, you know what, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is what God is continuing here today to speak to us about 2022 and this year that we're in. And so that means if God will never leave us nor forsake us, it means that nothing can ever separate you from God and His love. And that's really what our second New Year's message is about today for 2022. And our title is Nothing Can Ever Separate. We're, we're going to be taking a look at Romans chapter 8 from verse 31 through 39. Now, our outline today for this passage is Really, I put it in a form of, of question, uh, questions, and, and really, it, it, it's kind of like for me too, and I hope it helps you as we are in this beginning of 2022. Now, the out outline is this. Number one, will my problems become too much for me? Number two, will my failures turn God away from me? And number three, will my troubles come between God and God? me. So that's our outline. It's in a form of questions. Let's begin with number one. Nothing can ever separate. Number one in our outline, will my problems become too much for me? We're here, if you're taking notes, we're going to be covering verses 31 and 32 in this section. But let's first begin here, Romans chapter 8, verse 
31, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now we begin here, Paul the Apostle wrote the book of Romans, and he's, he's putting out this rhetorical question. And he puts out this question, what then shall we say to these things? Now we have to ask, what things? What, what's he talking about here? Well, he's talking about everything he had written already here in chapter 8. I mean, you can even go back to the beginning of Romans and our salvation and how Christ saved us. But, but, if, but here, I think Paul is really focusing in on what he talked about in chapter 8 already to this point of verse 31. Now, later today, you can go back and read chapter 8, but Paul really wrote about uh, these things. You'll find these things, the things like there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, that we are now adopted keiki of God, that, that we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, that we're all destined for glory, those in Christ Jesus. And then, of course, verse 28, we all know Romans 8, 28, right? That all things work together for good, right? For those who love God and are called according to uh, Christ, His will, right? So with all that God has done, for us in Jesus Christ, Paul's like, so what are we going to say about all this? Well, he gives us the answer to his question. If God is for us, who can be against us? In the second part of verse 31. If here is probably better, the word if is probably better translated since. Since God has done so much in his work of salvation for us in Jesus, then you know what? God is for us. God is totally on your side. God is totally for you. God is totally with you. And if God is totally with you, God is totally for you, then who can come against you? And what's really the answer? No, no one, right? Nothing can oppose us. Nothing can really come, come against us for those who are in Christ Jesus. So here's, here's the idea. If no one or nothing can, say, overpower God, then you know what? You and I as believers are perfectly, totally safe and secure in Jesus Christ. I like something the Puritan John Knox once said. He said, one man with God is always a majority. I love that. All we need is God. All we need is Jesus in our life. All we need is him to get through this year, 2022. Now, Paul goes on here in verse 32. If you take a look at that, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So how do we know that God is really for us, that, that, that he'll be for us, that he'll be right here for us, by our side, in, in us, and, and taking care of us here. Well, Paul writes, if God who did not spare his son, if God didn't, the word spare is really hold back. If God didn't hold back Jesus, but he gave him up, up for us, what? To die on the cross for you and me, to, to purchase our salvation, if, then wouldn't God also graciously give us everything else? That's what he's saying. Then wouldn't God not hold back everything else that we need in this life? If, if God already didn't hold back on the greatest thing 
that we needed in our life, and that's Jesus to save us, then you know what? He will also not hold back everything else that we need for this life. So that's what Paul is saying. So, so if we put all this together, keep this in mind. Will, the, question of the, out, the heading of the outline is this question, will my problems become too much for me? No, no. Nothing will be too much for you in 2022. Why? Because for God is there for you. God is on your side. Let me say that again. Nothing will be too much for you in 2022, for God is there for you. God is on your side. You guys, that's a word for you and I today. I need it as much as any of you here today. And whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, understand God is there for you. Yeah? God, nothing can overpower God. So with God being there for you, God, who is on your side, nothing will overpower you. And that's the word for today. That's God speaking to you right now, no matter what you're facing. You know, I was thinking back when I was a small boy. My friends and I, were, we were riding our bikes, and, and all of a sudden, two older boys came, and, and they stopped us. Basically, they, they, they jumped us. They uh, one of them took out a knife, sliced the tire on my bike, and, and just started just beating me up. And my friend, though, who was riding with me, he was able to, to ride away and get away. Well, he went out, and he went and got my dad. Well, I'll never forget the sight. Here comes my father around the corner, and here's my dad riding down the street toward where, where I was and where the boys are, like, beating me up and everything. And I don't know, he was on some old bike, and I, I still have this picture of this, this Japanese man, yeah, with the legs bowed out, you know, coming down the street, coming out, pushing the paddles and all. And as he came closer, one of the ones who, who, who one of these young, older boys asked, Who's that? And you know me, I probably said, that's my dad. That's my dad. And so they, they let go of me. They, they started to, to, to run away. And, and, and as they run away, ran, was running away, I just turned to him. I bravely like, hey, come back. Come here. You know, kind of, I, I was calling them names and everything too. And one of them turned around. They wanted to come back and, and come and beat me up. But they couldn't. Why? Because my father was there. In the same way, you guys, if God, our Heavenly Father, is for us, then who can be against us? So in 2022, nothing will be too much for you. For God is for you. God is on your side. Perhaps many of you tomorrow, you got to go back to work. It's like, oh, it was so nice to have that you know, time off, the week off, or, you know, so nice. And, and you know you got to go back to work, face those problems. And in your mind is this rising wave, you know, like this swell be growing bigger and bigger. But know this, if God, your Heavenly Father, is for you, then what and who can be against you? So understand, in 2022, nothing will be too much for you. God is for you. God is on your side. Think about it this way. When the universe seems to be against you, the creator of the universe is on your side. I love that thought. Yeah. 
I love that thought. As it says, you know, in the old King James, in 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And think about that for a moment. God is in us, right? And so he's for us. He's right there. We're on his side. Because of what Christ did, because the Father gave his son to die on a cross and that we can be saved, now God is in us. So remember that. With God in us, nothing can ever separate you from God and his love and his help. Nothing, you guys. Nothing. Well, let's go on to number two in our outline. This is the question. Will my failures turn God away from me? Will my failures turn God away from me? Now here we cover verse 33 and verse 34. Let's take a look at both of those verses. It says here, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. This is such a great set of verses here. Paul puts out another question here. He says, okay, now let's think about this. Who shall bring a charge against God's Elect. The, char- the word charge here in original language means accusation, basically. Who's going to bring an accusation to God's elect? Elect, basically, are believers, God's chosen ones that he saved. Now, that's a deep and comforting thought, but we're not going to take the time to really get into how we're elected, we're chosen, and all of that. But just understand that he's talking about believers, saved people here. And if you have Jesus in your heart, you're saved. You've been chosen by God. So who can bring an accusation against one who's saved in Jesus? That's that's the idea. And basically giving this, bringing this accusation saying, they don't deserve to be there. You don't deserve to be there. This person doesn't deserve to be here. Well, Paul says, you know what? It's not going to be God. Because he goes on here in verse 33, it is God who justifies. It's not going to be him. God's the one who justified us. God's the one who made us right with him. Now, back in Romans chapter 5, verse 9, Paul talked about that we've been justified by the blood of Christ. We've been cleansed of our sins. We've been forgiven. We've been made right with God. And we are now placed in a position with God now that we are justified. Remember how uh, we define justified? Just as if I never sinned. Justified, right? That's your standing before God. That's what Christ's blood does. It's amazing. It's hard to really conceive totally. But you know what? That's why we have eternal life right now. If anything were to happen, you know what? You would go to heaven because you're right with God. You have been justified by the blood of Christ. So Paul's like, who's going to bring a charge against you, accuse you like, ah, you don't belong here? Well, it's not going to be God because God's the one that says, no, you're justified. You're okay. You're, you're right. And then Paul throws out another question. Who is to condemn? Yeah. Who is to say, you have to be punished for your sin? Punishment has to, has to come upon you. Who, 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 who's, who's that? 
Well, Paul says, you know what, in verse 34, it's not going to be Jesus because Christ Jesus is the one who died for you. He's the one who gave his life to you. He's the one who sacrificed himself to pay the penalty of your sin. He's the one who took the punishment for you. So when you believe in him, you're not condemned. No. When you believe in what Christ did and who he is, you're, you're okay. He took that. You don't need to take that punishment. He paid the penalty. And Paul's like, hey, more than that, he was the one who was raised, right? Christ was raised from the dead, the resurrection of Christ. You know what? The resurrection, it proved that God accepted the payment Christ made for you in your sin. If it, if it, if it wasn't enough, then God would say, no, nah, you've got to stay down there. You've got to pay more. No. Christ rose again, proves that we're not condemned anymore, that the penalty was paid. And not only that, it shows us that Christ conquered sin yeah, uh, so that we can be freed of sin, and he conquered death. So the ultimate consequence or the punishment of our sin is death, is really going to hell, is having an eternity without God. But Christ conquered all that. So Paul's like, well, it's not going to be Jesus. He died for you. He rose again from the dead. And you know what? Jesus, he's, he's at the right hand of God. What, what does that mean? Well, Jesus sits in this place of authority, right? Uh, we know in, in John that uh, Jesus said that, you know what? The, the authority to judge has been given to me. The Father's given it to me. So he has that authority to say if you're okay or if you're not. Yeah, If you're judged for punishment or if no, you're okay. You're forgiven. You're, you're made right with us. So he's in that place of authority to judge. And the final say is his. And you know what? Christ has officially declared you as a child of of God as he sits on the right right there in that place of authority at the right hand of the Father. Take a look up at verse 1 in your Bibles. What does Paul write? Right at the beginning, I mentioned it already in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Therefore, there is therefore now, what? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you don't have that circled or highlighted, you should because it's so easy to have the wrong thoughts that we are still under condemnation. But Paul is saying, look, you guys, verse 34, who's to condemn? It's not going to be Jesus because if you're in Jesus, there it for there now there is no condemnation. But he adds one more thing here in verse 34 of chapter Romans 8. He says, who indeed is interceding for us. You know what that's saying? That means Jesus, the Lord God, is amazingly, personally praying for you and me. Isn't that crazy? And he's right there at the right hand of the Father. Do you, do you understand what this means? Certainly Jesus is, is for us. He's not against us, right? He's praying for us. I like something Robert Murray McShane once said, a great uh, Scottish preacher of old. He said, if I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet, 
the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. You guys, verse 34 is like a promise. <laughs> Christ is praying for you. Christ is praying for me. You're not alone in this. God is right there. And, and Jesus himself, he knows what you're going through. He knows what's happening. He knows what you're facing. And he's praying for you. Isn't that an amazing thought? I, I think that's amazing. So, will my failures turn God away from me? No, no. In 2022, none of your imperfections can change your status with God in Jesus Christ. And that's what you got to put in your minds. This is what Paul's really, really uh, pointing to. And this is our promise for us this year. In 2022, none of your imperfections can change your status with God in Jesus Christ. It's not going to change that you're justified. It's not going to change that you're a child of God. It's not going to change that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, I, I found the top five New Year resolutions. I don't know if you guys do that. Um, top five for 2022. Number one, lose weight. That's always up there. Number two, save more money. Number three, get healthier maybe like eat more healthier number four get fit do more exercise huh? and number five uh usually it's in there i always look this up uh learn something new so people put out their resolutions make their lists and some you know are more personal in that way but <clears throat> the sad thing is recent studies show only 46 percent less than half people who make resolutions even succeed and, and then in this study I read, those who even make like one goal, they just set one goal, only 6% actually attain it. So that's kind of depressing, yeah? And, and probably you guys know, yeah, I made these resolutions. Oh, I didn't make it. And the new year comes, okay, this time, this time I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I like what one person in frustration, you know, because of not reaching these uh, resolutions, he, he's, this was his resolutions. I'm going to gain weight, stop exercising, watch more TV, and procrastinate more. I guess those are attainable, right? But I know sometimes we get discouraged, depressed, when we fail God. God speaks to us about something. God is like working in our lives and go, oh, yeah, Lord. In a message, you hear something, oh, Lord, you're convicting me. I need to change. But then... You know, a week goes by, maybe a month, and then boom, you're back to the old ways. You're back to that giving in to our sinful flesh there. And, and, and I think in that time we get discouraged and impressed, and then when we look to a new year, we think, I don't know, God, what if I fail you again? Yeah, I want to make a new commitment, January 1, or, or here on Sunday, the first Sunday, I want to make a new commitment, I want to live for you, I want to do all these things. But then you have in the back of your mind this, ooh, I don't know, will, will I make it? And, and I think the problem comes when, when we think about that, it triggers something. It triggers something in us that, that well, if I fail, then God's going to condemn me and he's going to punish me for the wrongs that I'm going to do. And you, and you hold this fear and anxiety about that. 
and maybe it's a trigger for you anyway because maybe you grew up in in a performance more type of way yeah where oh if you perform right if you do the right things yeah if you don't get so and so angry then oh yeah I'm doing good but if someone gets oh angry or you do something wrong you're like oh no oh no and and then so you're in the, it triggers this idea of oh no if I fail God he's going to condemn me he's he's going to punish me and then then the devil comes in right Remember in Revelation, he's the accuser of the brethren. Yeah? He accuses you. He condemns you. He, he tells you, who are you to call yourself a Christian? You feel this small, so unworthy. God doesn't love you anymore. You've made too many mistakes. His patience has run out. And then those verses you read like that, you go, oh, no, is that me? Is that me? And you know what? Satan whispers in your ear and says, you're not going to have a good year. It's not going to be good because you got to be punished. You, because of you, he's going to condemn you to that. But know this, that's a lie. That's a lie. And what we're reading here in these two verses, verse 33 and 34, we know that none of your imperfections, none of mine can change the stat, your status with God. God in the court of heaven, has made a official statement and set you on official status that you are forgiven, you are justified, and you know what? God will never kick you out of his family. Understand that today. Understand as we go into 2022 that don't get triggered from your past. Yeah, That we, we, we think God's going to work with us in the same way, based on performance, but it's not based on performance, it's based on Jesus, it's a position. Do you understand? It's not a performance, it's a position that God has for you. So when the devil comes to tell you, you're such a failure, I can't believe God even chose you. Just be honest and say, that's right, I can't believe God chose me either. But I know I'm saved by grace, right? I'm saved by grace. When the devil tempts you, and then he, you fall, and then he accuses Isn't he so wicked? He'll, like, tempt you. And then when you fall, he's like, see? Then he just stomps on you all over and condemning you. Look what you've done. You might as well give up now. Well, you know what? You just say, yeah, yeah, I've, I've sinned. But I've put my faith in what Christ has done on the cross for me. First John 1 John 1.9, remember? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We hold on to that. We know that, that we're justified. But yeah, we will blow it. But you know what? God, Christ's blood still covers our sin and we can still find forgiveness. When the enemy of our souls comes in saying, how can you even show your face in church? After that commitment you made, you raised your hand, you came forward, you made that promise, and then look, you failed. Just be honest and say, yeah, I am a sinner, but I know I belong to Jesus. And I know that I cannot change myself. But as I say no to the flesh and yes to God, as I pray for the Holy Spirit to help me 
I know only God can change me. And you know what? He will. He will finish that work, right? He will because you are a child of God. So whatever the enemy comes and says, no worries. Jesus says what he says, and that's the truth about you who are in Christ Jesus. A little girl was once, uh, uh, a little girl once shared how she defeats Satan. She said, when Satan comes knocking at the door of my heart, I send Jesus to answer the door. And when Satan sees Jesus, he says, oops, I'm sorry, I must have the wrong house. (laughs) I like that. So understand, nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate me. Nothing can separate us from our position with God in Jesus Christ. Nothing can ever separate. All right, so will my problems become too much for me? No. Will my failures turn God away from me? Like, ah, you're done. No. Number three in our outline, will my troubles come between God and me? This is our last heading. We're going to be covering the rest of the chapter here from verse 35 through 39. But first of all, take a look at verse 35 through 37. Verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Verse 36, As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, verse 37, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we'll stop right there. Now, Paul comes up with another rhetorical question and in verse 35 he says so okay so who shall separate us then from the love of Christ in other words can anything really come between God and his love for me is there anything uh for example he's like shall shall tribulation the word tribulation uh the NLT translates it as trouble it the Greek word is actually uh, thelipsis, and it means to be put under pressure, to be squeezed. And I was thinking, oh, that, I know what that's talking about. I know that kind of trouble, right? That pressure on you and, and the, the, the anxiety and be squeezed with that. That's what the tribulation, is tribulation, is that going to separate you from God? Or he says distress, distress. The, the Greek word is actually two words that mean narrow and space, like a tight spot. Oh, when you feel, I was thinking, oh, that when I feel like the walls are just closing in on me. Or will shall persecution, that suffering in any form uh, for your faith in Christ Jesus. Or famine, not having enough food or nakedness. It's basically not having clothes or, or being homeless. That's kind of the idea. Or danger, he says, uh, shall danger, hazardous situation, uh, maybe to your health and life, or sore, that's like the threat of death. So are, are, are any of these kinds of troubles, uh, are, is, that, are, is that what's going to separate me from the love of God? You know what I thought about? I thought about maybe when troubles like that come, you, you know what, naturally as human beings we think, well, does that mean God's love is not there? Yeah. 
doesn't mean like God doesn't love me if these because I'm having these troubles, you know, like that. I remember, um, well, throughout the years, different people have said to me, and someone maybe a few months ago was saying, oh, you, you know, God loves you. He doesn't love me because I have all these problems, but God loves you. I'm thinking, oh, you don't know my life and my problems, right? So sometimes we have that thought. Well, these kinds of situations, right, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, so does that mean God doesn't love me then? Well, actually, Paul says, you know what? This is normal. And that's what he's saying in verse 36. He says, as it is written, he's actually quoting Psalm 44, verse 22. For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. So the psalm really talks about that the faithful people of God are constantly going through trouble and suffering. That they're like sheep who already were destined to be slaughtered for meat. So Paul's saying, well, actually it's, it's to have tribulation, to have uh, uh, distresses and persecution, famine, and danger. So, you know, it's part, to have this kind of trouble, it's part of the Christian life. It's normal. And so expect that. And it doesn't mean that God's love is not there. But he says in verse 37, he actually answers, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall all this trouble? No, he says in verse 37. The thing is, is trouble doesn't mean that God's love is not there. Trouble doesn't mean that, that uh, uh, you're in defeat. He actually says, you know what, no. And all these things, all the distress and tribulation, all that, he says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The word, uh, well, the phrase more than conquerors is actually one Greek word, and it's hooper nikau. And it basically means super overcomers. Super overcomers. We are super overcomers through Jesus who loved us and who loves us. You and I in Christ, we're overcomers, super overcomers. Turn over to uh, John, to the left, the book of John, chapter 16. And Jesus was keen in on this in verse 33. John 16, verse 33. John 16:33 Jesus He said, "I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation." You see that? Hey, expect that. That's going to come. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's a word for you today. That's a word that, hey, yeah, you know, God's not promising smooth sailing in 2022. Yeah, expect it. But Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And if Jesus has overcome the world, then you will overcome all the troubles in 2022. And not only that, you will be like this super overcomer. And what is that? What does that mean? If we ask, will my troubles come between God and me? No. Troubles will actually bring you closer to God, for you are more than conquerors in Jesus. And that's what, that's what Paul is really setting here. 
This is what we have to keep in mind. Yeah, I hate trouble. I hate problems. I don't, I don't like it. It's hard for me. Oh, no, I hate suffering. I hate, I hate pain. I hate all of that. I, I don't like it. But God's saying, you know what? It's, you're going to have it in this world. You're going to have it. Or I do not like this Omicron, right? It's like, oh, my gosh, another variant? Oh, my gosh, the number's going I mean, it was my heart and hope, desire that, oh, it's going to go down. We can maybe get back to some sense of normal, right? But what? You know, we've seen the numbers in the past few days. It's like, oh, my gosh, record now? I don't like that. And who knows what this year, what else this year is going to bring, right? But we have to remember we're more than conquerors. Jesus said, I'm going to overcome. And Paul's saying, and you know what? You're more than conquerors. You're more than overcomers. You're super overcomers. Why? Because the troubles that we face and that are going to come in 2022 will actually bring you closer to God. And we're going to be more than conquerors, you guys. We're going to be more than conquerors. So, so what does that mean? How, how does God do that? Well, let me give you a few things here. Number one, trouble helps you to grow and mature. Trouble helps you to grow and mature. John Blanchard, um, he said, as pastor in England that I met before, he said, I have learned more than I have learned more from life's trials than from its triumphs. The triumphs of life are meant to make us better, not bitter. You know, I wish we could read the Bible yeah, and go, okay, God, I get it, and leave here going, got it. I wish we could just take a class from God, you know, how to be more than conquerors. Okay, God, I get it. All right, let's go. Let's go live life now. But it's not that way, right? For the gold to be purified has to go through the fire. And it's that process of the fire. It's that process, right, of our suffering and pain and trouble in our life that grows us, that matures us. And so trust God in the process that you're in. It's not going to change your status. You're still a child of God. But he has a plan and a purpose in all this. And trouble actually helps you to grow and mature. So all the trouble we're facing in our society with the, uh, with the pandemic, with uh, unrest, with racial tensions, and whatever that we see, uh, the government stuff that's happening. You know what? We can grow in it. And we can become better people because of it. So trouble helps you to grow mature. Number two, trouble brings a deeper experience with God. Now, I, I, I want you to really understand this. You know, when Paul struggled with that, quote-unquote, thorn in his flesh, we don't know exactly what that is. We, it could be an eye problem he had. and it, it, Some uh, commentators, pastors speculate, maybe it was the false teachers in the church that always created trouble for him and followed him wherever they went. We don't know exactly, but it was something that really was hard for him, that he suffered under, that it was trouble to him in his life, and he prayed three times for God to take it away. And you know what God said in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, verse, verse 9, he said, God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God is saying in that vacuum of Paul's 
strength, right? In in that place of he was so weak, he couldn't handle this. This is too much for him. He was being, he felt being, he was being overcome in in his weakness. God says, you know what? My power comes perfectly by my grace in your weakness, and I'm there to help you. God will come and be his strength, and Paul then will rely upon God more and more. And then in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 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 I'm sorry, verse 12, verse 9, you know what? And then he says this. After God says, my grace is sufficient for you, my weakness, uh, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Paul says this. Therefore, I will boast the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I understand what he's saying. I understand that, oh, he, he, in his weakness, God comes and strengthens him in his time of trouble and suffering. But I cannot go as far as saying, I boast about my weakness. I'm glad about my suffering and trouble. I tell you, I, that's how much I hate suffering. But you understand what Paul is saying. It's at those moments when the trouble is the worst that he experiences the power of God upon him. And then in verse 10 of that chapter, he says, For the sake of Christ, then I am content. I go, Paul, content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see what he's saying? When the trouble comes, it brings a deeper experience with God. He gets closer to God. He learns to rely upon Him. And so, though we may not like our suffering and pain, we have to understand trouble brings a deeper experience with God. So trouble helps you to grow mature. Trouble brings a deeper experience with God. And number three, a third thing, the final thing, trouble is the opportunity to operate more in faith than in fear. And that's what we got to look at it as. When these problems come, okay, Lord. I mean, me, I mean, sometimes we want to run away from it, right? Want to not deal with it, sleep more, you know, that kind of thing. But it's really an opportunity to operate more in faith then just be overcome with fear. You can overcome these things and be more than conquerors in faith. Look up here at verse 28. I mentioned this earlier, Romans 8, 28. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Right? All things work together for what? Good. So no matter what that is, no matter what you're facing in 2022, don't, Go into it in fear, but go into it in faith because God is working that for good. Notice it says all things, not just well, only the things you think are good for you. Yeah, No, all things, only the happy times. No, all situations, the good and the bad, the, 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 the happy times and the sad times, all of it is for good, for His glory. For his purposes in your life. And, and that's where our faith comes to, where we hold on to Romans 8:28, like a life preserver. Yeah. 
when we feel like we're drowning, we, we, we hold on to that, that no matter what the waves may tumble us, if you hold on to something that floats, you're always going to go up. So hold on to 828 as your life preserver. You know, um, some of us are living in that land between hurt and hope. Yeah. Maybe there's some past things that's happened and, and it's affected you for years. Maybe something recently happened, you're suffering and, and you're really hurt. And you, you read scriptures like this and then that, that's your hope, but it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And I understand that. And and we we exist in this place between hurt and hope. But here's the thing. We can't be turning, even if we're in that land, to the hurt and keep focusing on the hurt. No, we we got to keep our eyes on the hope of the promises of God's Word that are true. Yeah, that really happened to you. And it affected you in a deep way. But you know what? God's saying, I'm sovereign in this. Even this bad that happened to you, even maybe it was someone's sin, maybe it was your own sin, the miracle of God that He can take all things, yeah? And he's, we're not making an excuse for it, but he can even take something bad and flip it around for his purpose toward good. So we have to keep pointed toward the hope we have in this verse. Some of you have seen that hope come to pass. You, you, you look back and go, oh, I see why this happened, right? You're like, oh, okay, well, take those things and wherever you are today, in that land between hurt and hope, just keep looking at hope. Yeah. Don't focus in on the hurt. And hold on to Romans 8, 28. So we see troubles will actually bring you closer to God because you are more than conquerors. And this is the way. Well, finally, put, Paul puts a cap on all of this in verse 38 and 39. He says in verse 38, Romans 8, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, yeah? So Paul is saying, you know what? Because of all of this, you can say all of Romans 8, he's saying, I am totally sure. The word sure is like, I'm totally convinced that nothing, nothing at all can separate me from the love of God. And he brings out this list. Here, here's another list he puts out, even adding to what we saw here in uh, verse 35. He, he, he comes in and he says, I'm sure that nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. He's saying neither death nor life. Death can't separate me, right? Because we, we know as believers when we in Christ, when we die, we're going to be with God in heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? Second Corinthians 5.8. So why we don't fear that. And life, anything that happens in life cannot separate me, for we know, as we saw in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 last week, that God will never leave us nor forsake us. No. Nor angels nor rulers, he says. Angels cannot separate us. I mean, God's holy angels really serve God. 
to help you get closer to God. Rulers, it's really talking about rulers of darkness, like Satan and demons. The old King James is principalities. It uses that word. So Satan, demons, his evil plans cannot overpower God working in your life, nor stop God's love for you. Nor things present, nor things to come cannot separate, Paul says. The NLT puts it, neither our fears for today or nor our worries about tomorrow. I like how that's put. Nor powers cannot separate. The word here is dunamis, which means like force or power in a sense of, uh, we get our word dynamite from there, but in, in context here, it's really talking about like miracles or things that happen, unexplainable things that are not of God cannot separate. Yeah, sometimes things like, whoa, what was that? Oh, why is this happening? Or, or I don't know, I think of the spiritual things sometimes, you know, uh, that you hear about, yeah, where Satan moves things or does things, right? But even things that the unknown that we can't explain that seem really real, that cannot separate you from God. Nor height nor depth, Paul says, um, going to the highest place or the, the furthest out in the universe or the lowest place on earth cannot separate you from God. And then, I love this at the end of verse 39, that nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's as if Paul's like, well, I'm going to just cover everything else. <laughs> if I missed anything, anything else that I might have missed, or maybe we even thought about it in our minds that we say, oh, it's not in that list. Paul's saying, no, it, nothing, nothing in all of creation. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ. I like what Jeremiah 31.3, it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. God's love, right? It's that agape love, unconditional love. But it's also this eternal, everlasting love. And if you put that together in what we just read whole, you're safe. You're secure. God is with you. God is at your side. So will my troubles come between God and me? What's the answer? No. No. No matter what kind of trouble comes in 2022, nothing can separate you from God and His love. Hold that in your heart. Hold on to that this year. Some of us are going to face some things that are, are going to be crazy. Yeah? It's going to challenge us in our faith and trust in God. It's going to challenge us uh, in, in, in God's love for us and our thoughts about that. And Satan's going to come and push on that. F.F. Bruce said, Nothing in the whole universe can sever the children of God from the Father's love. Nothing will cut that cord. Nothing, you guys. Don't think this year that God has given up on you. Don't think that you're far too gone. Don't think that, well, maybe God doesn't love me. No. Don't doubt God's love for you. Don't think that God won't be there. Don't think that His love can't reach where you're at right now. I don't know, as we close up here, maybe you caught this. Um, um, the Lord just put this in my heart and mind and, and uh, that's why we're 
actually doing two New Year's message. I don't know if you caught this. On Christmas Eve, our message was on hope. Yeah, hope in Jesus. Uh, New Year's Eve message last week was on faith. Faith in times of transition. And today, it's about love, you guys. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Faith, hope, love. And at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, and the greatest of these is love. I'll close with this. Corrie ten Boom and her sister endured severe suffering at the Nazi um, death camp Ravensbrück, but they had actually smuggled in a Bible and they would gather the other women in their barracks and, and they, would, they would read Romans chapter 8. And, it's a, and they would read, and she quotes, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Well, Corey, she wrote later in a book that in, in the hiding place, she, she said, she wrote this, I would look about us as Betsy read, watching the light leap from face to face, more than conquerors. It was not a wish, it was a fact. We knew it. We experienced it minute by minute in an ever-widening circle of help and hope. Life at Ravensbrück took place on two separate levels, one on the observable eternal, external life, uh, grew every day more horrible. The other, the life we live with God, grew daily better, truth upon truth, glory upon glory. And I like that because that's what I want my life to be. And I hope you will experience that, that truth upon truth, glory upon glory. Every day of 2022 will grow in that manner. So no matter the circumstance you may face in 2022, nothing can stop his constant presence with us. Nothing can stop his love for us and his love being there for us. So nothing can ever separate. Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you, and especially as we come to communion, Lord, we want to remember your love, God. And the greatest show of your love, Lord, was when you died on the cross for our sins. And God, no greater love has anyone than this is when a man lays his life down for his friend. And so, Lord, you have shown us your love, and we know that you will give us everything else in you. So help us, God. We can be overwhelmed with the storms and the waves. We can be overwhelmed with the wind, and and our minds can be taken, Lord, to places where we don't have faith, where we doubt your love, God, where, where everything we see seems to be against us. But God, help us to hold to the truths that we have read and studied today. And Lord, as we move into 2022, may we go in faith. May we may we go forward that no matter good or bad or great things happen or hard things happen, Lord, that you have a plan and purpose in all of this. And so we want to trust you. And so, Lord, we commit this time Lord, to you. We commit this this moment of communion with you, a, a time for us to commit in faith to trust you because you died on a cross for us. In Jesus' name, amen.